What joy it is for us to be alive. What joy it is for us to be in the presence of the Lord and in the company of one another. The Lord has blessed us beyond measure and certainly we ought to be glad about it. We thank him for this is the day that he has made. We are to rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. God has blessed us beyond what we deserve. And certainly we thank him for his many acts of kindness that he has bestowed and he is bestowing on us. Thank you, Deacon Bowie, uh, for posturing and prepping our hearts for the receptivity of God's word. His word is still a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our pathway. Amen. 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 Last time we met, we um, introduced our subject of study for the next weeks. Uh, And the subject of our study is the Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit, that we want to know the Holy Spirit. Uh, And certainly we thank God for giving us perspective uh, concerning the Holy Spirit. I want to dig a little deeper uh, this week, uh, tonight, uh, in our study on the Holy Spirit. And we want to consider the thought, the Holy Spirit as a person, the Holy Spirit as a person. Turn with me, if you will, to John chapter 14, John chapter 14, verse 26. And if you would like to remain seated, you can, because you'll turn again to another chapter in just a minute. John chapter 14, verse 26. John chapter 15, verse 26. John chapter 16, verses 13 and 14. But John chapter 14, verse 26 says, But the Comforter which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he, he, not an it, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance. Whatsoever I have said unto you. Notice his ministry is to bring to your remembrance what has been said not some new unction not some new revelation that's not found in the word or what you perceive to be revelation or spiritual move or spirituality he says what has been said the bible is a sealed book and we're warned not to add nor take away So you don't need anything new. You just need to understand what has already been written. So the Holy Spirit will bring to your remembrance. You have to study the Bible, read the Bible, study the Bible, so that the Holy Spirit can perform his ministry in your life. Amen. He, he will bring all things to your remembrance. Uh, John chapter 15, verse 26. It says, but when the comforter is come, whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the spirit of truth, which proceeded from the Father, he shall testify of me. Amen. John chapter 16, verses 13 and 14. Howbeit, when the 
the spirit of truth is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And he shall show you things to come. He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine, and shall show it unto you. So we see the Holy Spirit is given. The Holy Spirit is given unto us. This is his dispensation. Amen. That, that the Bible says he, he, he's a person. He's a person. Amen. So he has a ministry to uh, perform or a ministry in all of our lives that we are to submit, surrender, yield to the working of the Holy Spirit to relate to God properly. So we are to yield to the Holy Spirit. He has been given to us as our helper, the paraclete, the one who come alongside, the one who's within us to um, empower us, influence us in the will of God. Uh, we have a will. But your will should not be the guide of your life. Your will has to be surrendered over unto the Lord, the Holy Spirit. Therefore, you say, as Jesus said in the Garden of Gethsemane, not mine will, but thy will be done. You have to come to that. If your life is going to be pleasing to God, you have to come to that point of submission. Amen. Amen. Your will got to get out of the way. Amen. And you submit to the Lord, uh, the, unto the Lord's will for your life. Question is, who is the Holy Spirit? Who is the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is a person. Holy Spirit is the third person of the one Godhead. Let me say that again. He's the third person of the one Godhead. The Godhead consists of one divine being in three persons. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Last week, we see that the Godhead being from the very beginning, that Jesus was not an offspring of God. He's God. That in the very beginning, at creation, all three were active. And that God, in the beginning, created but nothing was created without the Son and the Holy Spirit. Until God said, nothing happened. The Bible says that the Spirit hovered over, hovered over the earth, hovered over the space of darkness until God said. John hooks us up in John chapter 1. One says, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. So when God spoke... In creation, you see Jesus Christ being the word from the very beginning. And the Holy Spirit began to do when God spoke. Nothing happened until God said. All three. You see the Godhead at the baptism of Jesus. In Matthew 3. Jesus, the Son of God, was being baptized by John the Baptist. And after the baptism, 
or when he came up out of the water, you heard the father speak from the cloud and you saw the spirit descending like a dove. Even at the close of Jesus's earthly ministry, when he commissioned his disciples to go, he says, when you go, you need to teach and baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Ghost. Understand that baptism, the intention of baptism is to publicly identify with. It's not a formula to make you spiritual. It's a public, a public identifying with the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost acknowledging all as the Godhead. You know, we have people arguing about, you know, being baptized in Jesus' name only. And, uh, you know, I don't want to spend any time uh, refuting that. We understand that Jesus told us to baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. But now, Jesus' name, who do you think the Son is? And you can't have the Son without the Father or the Holy Spirit. You can't have the Holy Spirit without the Son and the Father. And you can't have the Father without the Son and the Holy Spirit. They are one. So when you, when you say Father, Son, Holy Ghost, you're still speaking of the oneness of God stated in three persons. That Jesus is not lesser God. He's not greater God. The Holy Spirit is not lesser God, greater God. They are equal. Equal. So who is the Holy Spirit? He's the third person of the one Godhead. And we, we see that the Godhead consists of Father, Son, Holy Ghost. He's the third person of the Godhead because he proceeds from the Father through the Son. We said earlier that this is his dispensation, that the Holy Spirit is on earth, in man, in saved man. He's not like he was in the old, came down occasionally to empower men to do a supernatural work, and then he would go back or let off or lift off. No, in the new dispensation, in this dispensation, he indwells man. He's with man. He does not leave man. So he's with you always. That's why Jesus could say that to his disciples. He says, go and lo, I'm with you always. Aren't you glad you don't have a part-time spirit with you? <laughs> that he's always with you? So we know him as a person. But the, but, but the question is, what makes him a person? What makes the Holy Spirit a person? He is write this down. A person is a being that can do personal and relational things. Now write that down. A person is a being that can do personal and relational things like Feel, think, speak, and act. He's a person because he can speak, he can think, he can feel, and he can act. I want you all to work that in your spirit. 
the Holy Spirit is a person. He has personality or characteristic. He has traits. He can speak. He can feel. He can think. And he can act. He's a person. Now, the Holy Spirit was sent to earth at Pentecost. Now, understand that Acts chapter 2 is not the only Pentecost. Pentecost was an annual occurrence. Y'all looking at me. It happened 50 days you know after the, the festival of feast or fellowship. Annual occurrence. But we only think of Pentecost as it is expressed in Acts chapter 2 when the Holy Spirit came in the form of sounding like, you know, cloven tongues, form of cloven tongues, sounding like a mighty rushing wind. You ever been in, you know, in a tornado before? Sound like a locomotive coming? Wind so powerful that it sounds like a locomotive coming? Mighty rushing wind? I know you've read of Elijah's experience when he was in the cave. When he desired death because his life was threatened by Jezebel. God says, what are you doing here? Around 1 Kings chapter 19, somewhere in there. And um, right after a great victory on Mount Carmel, um, he went into a cave hiding. And the Bible said there came a strong wind that rent the mountain, the rocks of the mountain. Mighty rushing wind. Likened to a mighty rushing wind. We'll get into uh, emblems of the Holy Spirit in just a minute. But uh, it didn't say he was say like which gives a picture to depict a trait of <laughs> even in John's gospel in John chapter 3 Jesus is having a conversation with Nicodemus and he likens the Holy Spirit to that of wind he says he's like wind. And he says, wind, you don't know from whence it has come. But one thing you do know is the evidence of it. You can't see wind, but you can see the evidence of it. See, evidence of wind is like leaves blowing in a tree. You know, the, wind, the leaves are influenced by the wind. But if you didn't see the leaves, you would feel the breeze, feel the wind, and not see it. You just see the evidence of it. Or when, when dust uh, is swept off the ground in a circular motion, you see the evidence of wind. Or if you're driving along in a car and all of a sudden there's a gust of wind, and your car is rocked. You don't see it. You just experience the evidence of it. When was the last time you saw the Holy Spirit? You can't see him. 
but you, you feel I'm going somewhere here. I ought to have a few folks in here. You sitting on that pew. Folks all around you. Because they can't see him. They inquiring of why you're crying. Can't see him but they can see the evidence of him. Or you're sitting on the pew. Nothing is funny. Nothing has been said funny. But you're sitting there smiling and laughing. Or you, you, you feel so good. The evidence of the spirit is so powerful in your life that you can't sit there. And you have to get up in the middle of service and not worry about how people see you and perceive you and you're running and ain't nobody behind you. Evidence. Evidence of him. He's a person. Now, understand that he was sent there at, at, at Pentecost. The spirit remains on earth until the fulfillment of God's eternal plan. He seals until the day of redemption. That's why you can't lose your salvation because you're sealed. The Holy Spirit's ministry is to keep you in. Because God knows that you can't be kept in by your own strength. See, some of you you want bragging rights to say to folks how strong you are. But you're not kept by your own strength. You're really not that strong. The Holy Spirit has sealed you until the day of redemption. God knew you needed something stronger than yourself. Someone stronger than yourself. To keep you in. So he's with you. He's on earth until the fulfillment of God's eternal plan. The Holy Spirit is God's gift to the church to proclaim the gospel. Sunday we, we heard that in, in the sermon. That he gave power to the apostles to proclaim Jesus Christ to a dying world. And listen, you need power of the Holy Spirit. Because it's the ministry of the Holy Spirit to convict of sin. That's why, you know, I can be preaching. And, and, and the Spirit can take the words that come out of my mouth. And by the time it hits your ears and penetrates your heart, it's what it needs to be to bring about conviction in your life. I hadn't been around your house. Hadn't followed you from church. Hadn't been snooping around your job trying to see what you're doing. But listen, when I stand up to preach, when I speak, the Holy Spirit will grab a hold of the words. And by the time he carries it to your ear, it has such a conviction about it that you think I'm milling. Reverend, you're milling now. I even had some to say, Reverend, you're shooting at me. I'm trying to hit you. Trying to hit you. Trying to hit you. I'm trying to hit you. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you don't, you, 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 you make me hit. By the time it leaves my mouth, it's coming right to where you are. And his ministry is going to be realized in your life. He's going to convict your heart to convert your soul. Yeah, he, he, he's the gift of God for the proclamation of the word of God. That without the Holy Spirit, the word of God will lack the power necessary to bring about change in the life of the hearers. Notice the Holy Spirit is the chief officer of God's kingdom in, in the earth. He's in charge. I, I said to us last week and I said to us on Sunday that the Holy Spirit has not been given to you so that you control the Holy Spirit. 
And that's how some people, matter of fact, most people try to relate to the Holy Spirit as if they are in charge of the Holy Spirit. And they only want the Holy Spirit for a special endowment at a specific time. No, listen, he has been given to you to always be the chief officer. To be in charge. So if he's not guiding you, you are grieving him. Let me say it again. So if he's not guiding you, you are grieving him. One more time. If he's not guiding you, you are grieving him. Now, um, let, let me give you a few verses uh, to uh, back up my claim that he's a person. And what constitutes a person is one who speaks, thinks, feels, and acts. Uh, the Holy Spirit speaks according to Acts chapter 8, verse 29. Acts chapter 8, verse 29. Let's look at Acts chapter 8. I was going to rush through it, but I, I, don't, I, I sense I don't need to do that. This is Bible study class. Now, notice he speaks to Philip. And he said to Philip, Then the Holy Spirit said unto Philip, Go near and join thyself to this chariot. Ethiopian, Ethiopian was wrestling and grappling with understanding Isaiah. He had opened the book and he didn't have understanding in and of himself. So the Holy Spirit said to Philip, go join yourself to the man of the chariot, which was an Ethiopian, oh, Ethiopian and expound unto him. Share with him the meaning of the scripture he has read. Now understand that when the Holy Spirit speaks, he won't tell you to do what's outside of God's will. You know, some of us say, you know, say, you know, the Holy Spirit told me to tell you something and it's just something we want to say. You know, you want to hide behind the Holy Spirit to say what you want to say. And see y'all making me do it. Yeah. Yeah, you, you, you know the Holy Spirit didn't tell you to go off on nobody. You know, we read earlier that the ministry of the Holy Spirit is to bring focus to Christ. This man needed salvation. He was on the chariot from Ethiopia. And he needed, he needed understanding to be saved. So, in opening the book, Isaiah, he read of Christ as the suffering servant. As Christ being presented as the suffering servant. He needed understanding. And so, the Spirit said to Philip, go and explain to him the word of God. So you watch folks coming to you like God can't talk to you. You know, I have some folks come to me where the Lord wanted me to tell you. I said, well, what's wrong with my ear address? He just told me to tell you something. Now, why he going to skip out on what he needed to say to me and have you to come tell me something? He just told me to tell you something. He going to put some mail in my mailbox, but not all my mail? He going to send some of my mail to your address? Lord, I got 20 more minutes. 
some stuff they want to say. But because we don't understand the working of the Holy Spirit, we accept all of that kind of stuff. Because we don't know him enough to say what his ministry is. So we just accept what people say. But his ministry is to point to Jesus. Jesus, when he came, his ministry was to point us to the Father. But the Holy Spirit, his dispensation is to what? Point us to Jesus. Because he knows that Jesus is the mediator, the Messiah. The means by which God has brought about salvation for lost man. That is through the sacrificial work of Christ on Calvary and one's acceptance of the work as fulfilling the ceremonial aspect of the law. That's why we don't have to bring in pigeons and turtle doves and bullocks because Jesus Christ is the once and for all offering that satisfied the will of God forever. That's the whole argument, you know, some of the argument of the New Testament. That's why Paul said to the church at Galatia, well, who has bewitched you? Why have you turned back to the ceremonial aspect of the law? Why are you saying that you need to offer up this and offer up that? Christ died. And his death is sufficient to satisfy the righteous demand of God for salvation of lost man. And if you can believe in your heart, and confess with your mouth. That's what he said to the church at Corinth. He says, thou shall be saved. It was enough then and it's enough now. So, Holy Spirit, he reveals the mind of God. Well, let me give you, let me go back. He, he speaks, Acts chapter 8. Verse 29, he thinks, he thinks, Acts chapter 15, verse 20, 28, Acts 15, verse 28. Listen to it. For it seemed good to the Holy Ghost and to us to lay upon you no greater burden than these necessary things. He thinks. He thinks. He feels. He has feelings. Ephesians chapter 4 Verse 30, we understand that he's grieved. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. He feels, he has feelings. He acts. He acts. John chapter 16, verse 14. John chapter 16, verse 14. Notice, he shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine and shall show it unto you. He acts. He's an active spirit. Act, active being. Active person. You see it? So that makes him a person. Now, understand that the Holy Spirit reveals three elements of God's personality. 
In other words, the Holy Spirit reveals the mind of God. The mind of God. What's in the mind of God. Without the Holy Spirit, you cannot receive, you cannot think on, you know, I can't say comprehend because God is infinite. You can't contain the infinitude of God. He's infinite. But the Holy Spirit gives us the ability to think on the things of God, to, to, to think on God's thinking. Oh, my. Now, one of the most misquoted verses Uh, one of the most misquoted verse is 1 Corinthians 2 and let's look at it 1 Corinthians 2 and I want to see it from verses 9 through, through 12 but verse 11 is one of the misquoted because they just stop with verse 12. I mean, verse, verse 11, and they don't go on to verse 12. All right, 1 Corinthians 2. Are you there? And let's look at verses 9 through 12. All right, it reads, But as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of men or man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. You heard that? All right, that's the most misquoted. That there's something, and they use it to, to you know, say that there's something special coming for you that you have not perceived yet. You know, and it stir you up. Eyes hadn't seen, ears hadn't heard. And you get so excited because you, you, you feel something is coming. Coming your way. But then notice verse 10. But God hath revealed. God hath revealed them unto us. By his spirit. For the spirit searcheth all things. Yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of man, which is in him? Even so the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God. Now we receive not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. It, you, you see this? Because we're so gullible and desirous of something coming our way, we flip the pews, turn over chairs over verse 9. And verse 9 states ignorance that you don't know but verse 10 reveals information that you do know and you act excited about what is said you don't know instead of acting excited about what the Lord said you do know the Holy Spirit is at work in you revealing to you the things God has in store for you. Now, when you really tap into what God has in store for you, you think you, you're getting happy over nine. 
Or you mess around and start studying Psalm 103 and he starts talking about benefits, how he healed you of all diseases and, and, and how he satisfies your mouth with good things. And, 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 and he just goes on and on about the blessings of the Lord. And then you just, just go on tapping to, you know, uh, Ephesians and, and, and how he reveals unto you your heavenly seat and, and, and how God has blessed you with things on high. You just, you just go and read about God's desire for you and how he'll set a table for you. How he'll supply all of your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. But see, you don't get excited because you hadn't studied the riches. You don't know how spiritually blessed you are. And then, you know, how God not only is, is, is providing, but how God is protecting some stuff that could have come your way. That he didn't let come your way. <laughs> yeah. See, the spirit is revealing all of this to us. And so it's not the ignorance. It's the being informed that he has given us the spirit so we can know the things of God, the mind of God, so that we properly relate to God. You know, let me see, can I kind of put it in your lap? When you are in relationship with someone, you don't start out deep. No, I'm, I'm hoping you're not one of those 90 day fiance and all that kind of thing. You, you, know, you, you know, you're watching this stuff on TV and I'm kind of hope you, hoping you're not one of them ones that when you just see somebody that you feel you need to just jump all the way in. You know, in relationship, it's, it's, it's what is called getting to know. Getting to know, and it and it's and it and it takes time, you know, to get to know. You know, you don't just start out deep. You know, if you you kind of start out deep, some of these folks will leave you deep, so deep you can't get out that hole. So deep, the next thing to do is to bury you. That, that you kind of start out slow. You kind of work your way on in. But now, that's, that's, you know, how we relate to one another. But with God, he gives you the spirit to, to be deep. That, that the spirit, his, his, his role is, to, is to, to, to reveal unto you the things of God. So you can obey God when you are, you know, you have spirit. You know? Notice what he says. He says in verse... 12, now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God. Now, if, if your Bible reads the same as mine, the second spirit is lowercase s2. That something happened when Adam sinned in the garden. He lost his spirit, his ability to connect with God. So Adam became body and soul. 
but he lacked the spiritual ability to relate with God. So, Jesus came to give us back our spirit. Our ability to relate to God. Now, if I had a board up here, I would kind of draw it for you and kind of show you what I'm talking about. That, that he gave us back our ability to relate with God because you can't relate to God with your flesh. And um, if, if I had time tonight, I would kind of show you how your soul was messed up. Because the soul is a trichotomy, which is mind, emotions, and will. All were affected by the fall. And you need someone and something to dominate influence your mind will and emotions see see without god let me let me i got to quit i got to quit without god you are not mentally stable without jesus in your life You're not mentally stable. You are not emotionally sound. And you are not properly driven. When Adam failed, all was affected. So when God came walking in the cool of the day, anthropomorphism, which subscribe unto God human characteristics to relay a message, God's voice didn't have legs, but it says his legs came, his voice came with walking. In the garden, the cool of the day, and Adam and Eve ran and hid because they felt no spiritual connection. You want to know why, folks? who don't have the spirit in them, why they can't stand the church, why they can't stand preaching, why they can't stand singing, why they can't stand praying, why they can't stand the things of God, is because they have no spiritual connection. You want to know why you have to constantly remind certain folks to come to church? It's because they have no Spiritual collection. I know you're trying to, you know, make them have one. Because you want to accept the truth of what they're showing you. They don't have it. Because when you have it, you run to him. Instead of run from him. But when your soul, your spirit has been affected by sin. God's holiness offends your unrighteousness. You can't feel good. Because when you sin, it affects. Who you are immaterially. Well, I'm teaching here. See, see, that's why, that's why when you come, you can point out all the wrong, and you upset with other folks happy.
because you've been affected. And instead of you confessing to get back right, you're going to get mad at everybody else that's enjoying, you know, their relationship with the Lord. That's why no song can make you happy. I, I got to quit. Y'all, I, I thought I was going, I thought I was going to finish this, but, but there's, there's something happened. Let, let me kind of push this point that man's personality after the fall of Adam and before rebirth in Jesus Christ, there's something happened. That through his disobedience, man's spirit died to God. We see it in Genesis chapter 2, verses 16 and 17. Allowing his soul, which is his mind, will, and emotions, to rule his personality. That man's mind became hostile to God. Man's will became self-centered. That's why if you don't check the me, my, and I. Self-centered. And self-centeredness leads to self-righteousness if you don't check it. That you will make yourself right. You'll carve out your own path of right. That's why the Bible speaks of, you know, that, that, that way that seems right. But the end thereof is destruction. That's a self-centered, self-willed person. Man's emotions became filled with negative forces. You know, some people listen if regardless of what you do for them, it doesn't, it doesn't satisfy them. And I'm trying to help somebody tonight because you, you, you're trying to live your life to satisfy someone you'll never satisfy because there's a void and an emptiness within them. They're, they're emotionally unstable. You know, you ever dealt with a person, they responded totally opposite of the way you thought they should have responded? You give them something, and instead of it making them happy, it makes them angry. And then they go to talking about what it should have been. You give them a five carat. They think it ought to be six. You give them a brand new car, only 15 miles. Only, only miles on it is the miles that, you know, you, you, you drove home. You know, you know, those only miles that's on the car, the miles that it took for you to drive home with the car, and then they talking about you should have had it towed. They done looked over that whole big old car. And all they can key in, in all, on is one five. On the odometer, one five, 15 miles, and they say it's not a new car anymore because you drove it home. You know, emotionally unstable. Emotionally unstable. You know, you have, and, and, and listen, everything was affected by it the fall and if Jesus Christ is not in the life of a person they don't have the right will emotions nor mind and you thinking is you you better liberate yourself tonight 
You better come out of that prison. Come out of that dungeon. And, and say until this person is born again and the spirit is given to control his or her soul. I'll never be able to relate to this person as I so desire to relate. You need it. So the Holy Spirit is a person. We'll start here next week and, uh, and uh, we'll try to plow on forward. I thought I would finish these sheets uh, tonight, but I just felt the need to kind of take my time and not rush on through. And, uh, and so, all right. All right. It's time for us to go. Let us stand and create our circle and state our concerns and desire for prayer. Good evening. Um, the uh, vaccine clinic has been approved. It will be October the 12th from 12 o'clock to 5 p.m. in the Family Life Center. So it will be announced again Sunday, but she want, uh, Sister Van wanted announced tonight, October the 12th, Thursday from 12 to 5 p.m., the vaccine clinic, okay? come with the cancer walk announcement <laughs> I would have prayed if he'd asked me to good evening everybody um, as we come toward the council walk it will be on the 21st of October at the Barton Layton Park from 9.30 to 1.30 and we're still taking up donations the t-shirt orders have been placed already so if you didn't get a t-shirt I'm so sorry if we can't get you one where you won from last year um, but we do, we do still want to take up donations. We'll take up donations every Sunday until the Sunday after the cancer walk. And that Sunday, everybody is asked to wear shades of pink. So we hope you all come out and participate. We are looking forward to a wonderful time for our second year for the cancer walk. So we ask that you pray for us and with us as we continue to journey through until the, the day of the walk. Amen. Thank you. Any other announcements? Fifth Sunday is coming, and uh, if the Lord says the same, uh, we have clement weather, we will be out in the back uh, parking lot uh, with our fellowship, you know, with tents and chairs and grills and uh, stage and all of that kind of thing. We'll get back. Uh, we have an evangelistic outing uh, right before uh, our fifth Sunday, so we want to get back to that, and I'm planning... Uh, a preaching bowl. Uh, so since we are in football season, uh, I want uh, the associates uh, to preach about 10, 15 minutes and, and um, let them preach about 10, 15 minutes. If they go over, I'll ring the bell. <laughs> but I want to give them an opportunity to share the word. As we are there out in uh, the rear, uh, fellowshipping one with another, 
uh, and looking forward to having a wonderful time. So fifth Sunday, we'll try to get back to our uh, outside fellowship. Uh, this will fun. If the Lord says the same, uh, and give us clement weather. All right. All right. Tomorrow night, uh, prayers are needed. Uh, we'll be preaching at New Salem, Mobile Junction. Um, ask for your prayer service starts at 645. And uh, looking forward to preaching there. First time uh, being uh, in fellowship with that church and with that pastor. And uh, excited about what the Lord will say will say to us and through us. Be in prayer for Deacon McLean and Brother Herman McLean. Uh, they lost a brother uh, last week, and they will go to Texas, Houston, Texas. Houston, Texas to funeralize their brother on Saturday, Friday? Friday. And uh, we pray for safe travel. They're driving there, so pray for safe travel. Anything else concern us? Prayer requests. Jeff and Ed Underwood. All right. Pastor Dwight Ingram and Floyd Chapel. All right. Latanja. Latanya Lashore. All right. The Hutching family. All right. Bernie's Lawson. You said Johnny Deloach, all right, and Harold Peterson, Levi Franklin, all right. Oh, my, all right, Katie Ward, praying for her. Amen, amen. Pray that God would open that door. Amen. All right. Anyone else? All right. Bui, Deacon Bui's wife and family. All right. Now you said clergy training. What are y'all going to train the clergy to do? Okay. What's wrong with y'all? Now I'm trying to see what the... All right. All right. I was just curious, you know... Because that's a broad, you know, statement, just clergy training. And so I just wanted to kind of horn in on what specific area or areas that of training uh, you all would train the clergy. And, and so. Right. 
Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And that's the 17th. All right. All right. Come on back, Sister Gruniqua. Hunter Taylor and Barnes. All right. All right. Amen. Amen. We pray for him. Amen. I, I was just going to let the sister talk about domestic violence. I wasn't going to call my friend's name, but she's the victim of domestic violence. Her name is Lexi Felton, and uh, she's been confiding in me. I really need somebody to talk to me so I can help her the best I can. That's a great resource. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. So get with sister uh, after service, and she can help you. Yeah, she can help you. Very sensitive uh, issue very sensitive topic and uh, people don't know how to uh, express themselves uh, after suffering violence domestically and uh, you know we've been taught as a people what goes on in the house stay in the house and, and we just accept abuse but hurt people hurt people and um, you know the Lord is able and uh, but Thank you for for that, and thank Amen. you for sharing. Come on, Sister Glunico. You said you will pray, so come on and pray. Amen. The Lord spoke when you said that. All right. Any, anything else claim our attention? Listen, tomorrow we have Bible study at 10, and I'm excited about it. So uh, we have a little lunch um, on the tail end, and uh, I have a special guest for you, and you want to be here. I'm not going to tell you who he is, but you need to be here. Amen. Special guest. Special guest. And uh, I feel good about, you know, our Bible study on tomorrow. And, and listen, you better get your hearts ready. Get your hearts ready. All right. Come on. Our hearts composed. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for a day, a day we will never see again. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for those who have come out to worship and learn more about your Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Lord, rain your Holy Ghost down in our lives, dear Heavenly Father. Let us be eager to learn more about you and do your will, Lord. Lord, please forgive us for all of our trespasses, Lord. Lord, keep us during this week as we journey on through the weekend. Dear Heavenly Father, keep us as safe as we journey home. Touch each and every person that is here tonight. Bless those that want to come and did not have a way. Lord, we just thank you. We give you all honor, all praise, because you are most worthy to be praised. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for being so good to us when we do not deserve it. We are so undeserving of your holiness and your righteousness and your unwavered grace. Dear Heavenly Father, just keep us safe. In your mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Yeah. <laughs>